So welcome to the latest edition of The Grid Girls. This is, as always, Saskia Stewart, and we have an amazing show for you. Before we start, however, I must let you know that we had some slight technical difficulties with this one, which we didn't discover until after we recorded. So I just want you to know that I do not intentionally talk over Sarah Connors as often as it happens in this podcast. Unfortunately, there seems to be a bit of a lag between what we were hearing and what came into the feed. So bear with us. It's totally listenable. I just felt the need to defend myself before we get started. Anyway, as I said, we have a great show for you, and we're going to go to that now. If you're going to race cars, why aren't you going to crash cars? Are you telling me you've made a time machine out of a McLaren? Oh, my dad always says you shouldn't hit boys, mate. Uh, well, we're not friends. Well, racing is life. Anything that happens before or after, just waiting. You're listening to The Grid Girls with Saski and Sarah. Sarah Connors, that escalated quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. Last week, last podcast, we were debating about whether Red Bull made the right choice in putting Max Verstappen into the team over Daniel Fiat. And this week, we are congratulating Max Verstappen on winning his first ever Grand Prix and setting a new record for, well, he's the first Dutch driver to ever win a Grand Prix. He's the youngest driver to ever lead a lap in a Grand Prix. And he is now the youngest ever Grand Prix winner, breaking Sebastian Vettel's record by about a year and like 60 days, I think. And it's one of those records, maybe a year and like a hundred and something days, but it's one of those records that we thought maybe if Max Verstappen didn't do it, we'd never see someone break Sebastian Vettel's record, but he's broken it. He's broken it by years. And now I really don't think we're going to see someone break this record. Well, probably not because now we have all those regulations in place where you have to be a certain age, you have to have a certain number of points on your license or whatever. And yeah, probably not. You know what though, Max? Max didn't do it in a Tara Rosso. No, Max didn't do it in a Toro Rosso. <laughs> However, the disparity between a Toro Rosso and the other cars on the grid is probably larger now than it was when Vettel won in 2008. I don't know, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we've seen, we've seen the Toro Rossos do pretty well this year. They've, they've finished above the Red Bull cars a few times. If anything, I would say that the Toro Rossos back then were a little less stupendous but but i don't feel that there i look i i don't know enough about 2008 as a year but was there a mercedes in that sense you know was there cars that were mercedes or was the grid itself more comparable i don't know i um, i have the race downloaded i would have to rewatch it yeah no, no no i think i think definitely well again you know this doesn't happen if Mercedes doesn't take each other out of the race. No, you know? no. Max and, does not win and, that race. Lewis and no. Meanwhile, and, back in 2008, I don't think anything like was, happened in the race that Vettel won. So I was, as much as I was kind of, okay, you know what? Let's put a pin in the F1 talk. Talk about the other things we're going to talk about. And then we're going to come back to F1 because we have so much to say to the point that we didn't even make notes today. We were just like, we're just going to ramble. Gonna go with this. This is gonna go We're fast. just going to go with this. It's going to be a hot mess, and you're going to love it because that's why you listen to us. Because as we like to say on this show, Formula One is serious, and we are not. So let's talk about women in motorsports this week. All right, cool, yeah. Yo, so did you – the GP3, holy crap, Tatiana Calderon. Like, yeah, excellent. Tati- you know, yep. after, after Samine Gomez wasn't going to come back this year, and, like, obviously, you know, she wasn't, you know, stupendous – um, it's just really good to have another woman in GP3. Uh, I, I just, I'm so happy. But the race that I watched, it was at 11 o'clock or 11.45 on Saturday morning. Um, it wasn't the best race, honestly. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of overtaking. It wasn't very good racing it in general. Great, but it's still on the circuit de Catalunya. <laughs> it is, it is. But, well, you know. Nice um, track. Right. Uh, she. Um, excuse me, Tatiana finished 14th. Yep, not too too bad. Um, you finished right behind 
the American who finished 13th. Uh, and actually the two of them were, were battling it out a little bit, uh, which was pretty great. Um, yeah, not, not too great of a race, but great drive by her. We're pumped. We're really excited. Uh, yeah. And then I didn't watch race two because it was at three in the morning. <laughs> I should have watched race two Cause I got up at 4am on Sunday morning and I think the race was at three forty-five. Um, but yeah, as you said, Tatiana qualified 12th. Finished race one in 14th and race two in 18th. She's 16th out of 24 active races in the standing. Her teammates are 7th and 21st. So for her first two races, the girl held herself really well. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, the teams are running four-car teams this year too, which, are pretty, which is pretty yeah. intense considering. The- yeah, I was like, yeah, I noticed that. Now, yeah, is, yeah, it's it's new is this it the year. same as it was gonna be is fun. it the same as in previous years where I know in the past you could have you had to have two cars you could have three is it now you have to have three and you could have four because I know looking I know looking at a lot of these teams um, Arden only has three cars most a lot of the okay yeah so it must be you have yeah. to have three and you uh, can have four RGP, um, Triton, uh, Kurinen, Kurinen only. Karinen have Karinen. four. Arden, Yenza, Ampos, and Dams only have three. So I guess this makes up okay. for the kind yeah. of lots so, of teams. Um, yeah, it makes the grid bigger, though. Or Yeah, it does make up for the loss of teams. Um, 24 cars yeah. on the grid. 24 cars great. on the grid. You can have a max of 28, they're saying. Yeah, the, the interesting part about race one, the only interesting part about race one, really, was that there was a threat of rain at the end, and the announcers were freaking out over, oh, no, what if all the cars have to pit at the same time to get wet weather tires because the pit boxes are so small? Um, yeah, I was like, happen. that, that did not a little bit hot messy. Very it could have been. It wasn't. I was actually very, very disappointing. Anyway, so yeah, GP3. I just opened the Wikipedia to see because I discovered that there was an Australian in GP3 last year, which I discovered this morning or today while looking at our notes. But he's not racing this year, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, so it's back to there being no Australians other than Daniel Ricciardo to support, and that means I have to support New Zealanders, which is not that bad because I thought I thought that was like the I was like." Supporting a Canadian as an American. Like, why would you do this? My mother is a New Zealander. I know, I know. I I don't get it. Well, okay. If your parents are American, aren't they? And their parents were probably American before that. They've been American for years. See, see, I have my, neither of my parents were Australian. And their parents, some of their parents weren't from those countries either. So, like... Look, I'm from a nation of immigrants, and like most people I know's parents. I mean, let, let me finish. Most people I know's parents aren't Australian. They came to Australia, and and so forth. Uh, yeah, my mother's a New Zealander. I got brought up on the All Blacks. Like, that's yeah, that's fine. New that's Zealand fine. is a great. Country. I, I have, you think... been to, have you seen pictures of New Zealand? How could you not love that country? Everything looks like Lord of the Rings. It's amazing. It is Lord of the Rings. They actually filmed it there. Didn't they? I know. I was. I. <laughs> I remember being somewhere in New Zealand once and going along and being like, "Wow, that totally looks like where they filmed the Riders of Rohan scene in Lord of the Rings." And they're like, "That's because it that's because it is." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> sweet, <laughs> makes sense." Oh but yes, look, Tatiana did amazing for her first weekend in GP3. We are super proud of her. Um. This makes her the sixth woman to race in GP3 in its, I believe this is its seventh season. So uh, you've had, as we mentioned, Sam and Gomez. Alice Powell still holds the record, is the only woman to score points in GP3. Uh, she, That's going to She had an, an eighth-place finish, which is the best finish by a female driver. Um, the others are 13th, 12th, 12th, and 15th, I think. Um, so on her first race, Tatiana is already right up there. Um, we have to wait till Austria now though, to see another GP3 race. It's like 43 days, but then we get three races. Aside from that, the only saving grace about waiting until Austria is that the GP3 races in Austria last year were incredible. Oh my God. And I got to see them live. It was amazing. 
um yeah oh man so so that that track can be pretty exciting i was gonna Um, say sarah speaking of seeing things live i'm getting to race in a car this week or someone is that's i'm going i'm going out to the canadian motorsports park on wednesday for the revved up motorsports season launch uh, thanks to the motorsports mm-hmm. agency. Um, I believe I'm being put in a Porsche with a racing car driver from, I think it's a like a former IMSA driver. Oh, and you recognize a couple of the names being from IMSA. I'm not quite sure who's driving. They're going to put me in a Porsche with this guy and then they go to film and, drive you and they're going to film it and then give me the footage. Oh, so you're all going to get to That's see amazing. and hear me losing my mind as someone drives me around a track in a Porsche. We're going to post this on the website as a post. Tell you how- no, and it's really work. funny. I'm taking my upstairs next door neighbor with me because they're like, you can bring someone. And he's like, I like cars. I was like, sweet. You have a car too. <laughs> you can drive me there because it's an hour and a half away. So we're going out to, he's a motorsports fan too. So we're going to go out. We're going to drive us around into Porsches. We're going to talk to some racing car drivers. It's going to be amazing because I have legitimately, the last time I went in a race car was I went in a souped up Nissan Micra that did rally racing and oh, it had like bucket seats and racing harnesses. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I reckon I was maybe like 19 and I wasn't into motorsports. You know, there's an entire, you know, there's an entire like micro cup series in Canada, right? I do. Yes. Yes. My friend raced. It was so great. Oh my God. Car, I can't it's hilarious. Good. They're hilarious. Yeah. But I wasn't into motorsports then, so I didn't appreciate it as much, but Yes, I'm going out on Wednesday. It's going to be excellent. You'll all see the footage. We'll talk about it uh, probably after Monaco um, because that's our next, that's the next race weekend. Um, but let's talk about Pippa Man and the Indy 500. Heck yes. So later in the show, we will have an interview for you. For you. So her, um, her race package came together in the last couple of weeks, which is really great. She's um, sponsored by Susan G. Komen. Um, yeah, she's rolling right along they had practice today and she looked the car looked good everything looked fine practice went fine sweet uh we're really kind of on the flip side disappointed to say that grace autosports not making it to the grid this year um as awesome as that idea seemed i guess it was kind of more pipe dreamy than it turned out to you know know, what makes it really really sad because it's another argument that people will use for the lack of commercial viability of women's sport, you know, and, and you and I both work in these industries and we get this shit all the time. You know, women's sport isn't commercially viable. It takes one. It takes one, one making it commercially viable and, and the rest follow. I mean, unfortunately, indie isn't cheap and we, Pippa knows that, you know, and it's a, it's a hard sell. And unfortunately, I means that they try again for the next. I hope that they don't look at this and oh, say oh. that Grace Autosport was for the one thousandth, the one hundredth running. She's that if we're talking about this in a thousand years, technology has really improved. Um, you know, I hope that we're not um, that two thousand seventeen rolls around and we see Grace Autosport out there for the hundred and first, because the only yeah. thing that could be worse than them not making the grid is them no longer trying to make the grid, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the whole sponsorship thing in women's sports being viable, um, and we'll, obviously this will come up in the interview later, but uh, Pippa actually told me that um, money appeared for a women's championship. Of course it did. They had it funded. They invited all these drivers. The reason all these drivers spoke out about this so so strongly is that apparently there is someone who is willing to spend money on this being an actual development series for women only, which is crap. Why don't you instead take that money and invest it into these women's careers in actual series? Yeah. You know, if the money's there, why don't you use it and in a I'm, way that's positive for the industry? I hate what I'm about to say, but the reason is is because the ROI of investing in it as a series is more significant for an organization than investing in a single driver. And See, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Because, you know, you invest in a series, what's the guarantee that people are going to watch and that you're going to get I a return on issues for investing in I think you would, because I reckon the deal 
was probably structured in a fashion where F1 has probably already gone and knows that they can sell aspects of the TV rights. Yeah, I doubt that though. I mean, they don't they don't put any effort in for any of their other support series. Why would they put any in? Well, for this the one? other support, you know, is it FIA who were wanting to do this one or F one? It was an independent person but with a lot of money. By, yeah, look, obviously so, we don't know the the, the things of it. Um, the point is, why doesn't you know if these women don't want to drive in a in a, in a series just for them? If they want to drive in in you know regular. Motorsport the series. The mommy- and this man wants to invest in their careers. Invest in their careers. Don't invest in some crap sideshow that you know no because one wants to do. It's the person bullshit. with the money probably doesn't believe in this as a legitimate thing. The person with the money potentially, obviously, we we don't know who or what. Yada yada yada. But if the person with the money isn't willing to invest in these women with actual careers, the chances are the person with the money is investing in this because they think it's going to be a popular gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like again, so it's a lot of bullshit and, uh, yeah, more other, on that yeah, later the in the interview. The other hard part also uh, is we're talking about a bunch of drivers who are in lower tier series, you know, we'll, well, it was supposed to be a development series. It's not supposed to compete you know, with F one or IndyCar. It's supposed to be more of a GP GP three. I think it would probably thing. gain more public attention though than a GP two or GP three series would because of the novelty factor. I think for like, for at least the first season, it would for yeah for the novelty factor. But who's there's not going to be any no, retention no. in terms of viewers. People are going to and that's the thing we know. You and I both know with women's sport, getting someone for one year in sponsorship is hard. Is easy. Getting someone for three years and five years, that's where the difficulty is. You can find the money for one year, but trying to sustain it is where it becomes hard. You and I are like, we're going to, we spoke about this actually, and you and I are going to pull it together at some time, probably during the the summer break this year. But we're going to make a podcast that really, we get a lot of people that ask us about women in motorsports and, and, why the problems are and why these things exist and all the different variables, you know, women going into motorsport, the barriers to competition, all these things. You and I saw yesterday this crackpot piece of research that came out and spoke about how women, A, only watch sports to attract men and that men, uh, that boys play uh, like schoolyard and backyard sport at a six to one ratio than women, which is why more men like sport failing to address any of the barriers to participation for women. So you and I, at some point in the next uh, while, are going to put together a podcast, just an hour or so, that really looks at a lot of these issues. Because you and I get people who come to us all the time that be like, I don't understand. Why aren't there more women? Why do we do this? Well, we're going to condense all of our arguments into one little show for you. Yeah, And, you know, honestly, we're going to, Right, and it'll probably expand past motorsports since our, our, you know, experience is more in, you know, other sports more so than, than this one. But, yeah, so if you're interested in that, we'll definitely put that together and likely during the summer break, as you said, should be fun. The summer break is right when I'm yeah, getting surgery. Yeah, so summer break, I'll I have plenty of time on my hands. A couple weeks after I'm back from Australia before we go into the CWHL season. Yes, so... Tatiana Calderon was awesome. Pippa was in a car for the Indy 500. Yes. We're going to talk to her later in this show, so make sure you do hang around for that. Greatest Autosports is not happening. Unfortunately, the official lineup came out. No grace. Sarah Connors, tell me about the GP of Indianapolis because it's a GP in Indianapolis that isn't on a round track, so I've got no oh idea. Oh, my God. It is. And actually, they go around part of the oval um, backwards. And it screws a lot of people up. Everyone, all the fans get very confused and sad. And I don't know. There were a lot of people complaining about it. I thought it was great. You never see right turn ovals. So, you know, why the fuck not? It's a good time. Um, I think they started this race so that they could just extend out all of the ridiculousness in the month of May. Like, to the entire month of May. Because why the hell not? Right? And steal and steal each other's uh, for an entire month. Let's see what happens. Someone, whoever stole Hinch's toilet seat, mailed it back to him, <laughs> which is really. Just, just, like, I love it. it. I love it so much. Everything back. Like Hinch, we got mail for you. Opened up. What the fuck? It's my toilet seat. Yep. That is that is 
that has to be one of my favorite pranks I've heard of. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. So yeah, it's just all the shenanigans going on have been pretty great. Um, his Hinch's series about trying to become a festival princess. I was watching that. Continued. I was like, I would like um, to become a festival princess. I want to nominate to be a festival princess just because I want to hang out with James Hinchcliffe and Connor Daly's sad face. Right. I mean, was like, the you, can't, girls, you can't lose. It's so, amazing. Like, um, that felt like they felt so bad about me being mean to that photo of Connor Daly. Well, he was sitting right next to them, too. They panned at him at the end. It's amazing. Like, I love this series so much. Yeah. It's so dumb. Oh, that's really what it boils down to. Is that, and I was talking about this earlier on Twitter, like, we go from watching F1 all the time, and F1, like, all the drivers are very, like, very, very, very prim and professional, and a little bit, you know, they have private lives, and, like, they don't really hang out outside of the racetrack, and blah, 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 blah. When we see a picture of oh them all God, playing together, playing. we all they lose our minds, because it's, like, the oh biggest deal. Look out! Oh, my God! Meanwhile, in IndyCar, like, all of this nonsense, yeah. all of the time, and I'm so here for all together. of it. Like, it's, it's wonderful. And the racing's amazing. Oh, this is so great. So anyways, GP Vinny, it happened. Um, so right right off the bat, like it was gonna be ridiculous. And I think that honestly, like going forward in this season, the big battle is definitely gonna be between Simon Pagano and Graham Rahal. Graham Rahal is always right there. Um his car was underweight in qualifying, so was Joseph's. Joseph only managed to get up to, I believe, fifteenth or sixteenth. Graham Rahal drove that's all impressive. the way back to fourth. Yeah, that's like, that's impressive. Good job, son. Yeah, um, you know, between that, his performance at Barber, like, everything this season, he's been right there the whole time, and yeah, Simon's had the advantage, but yo, like, I, there's a lot of season left, there's a lot of of chances for, for Graham to, you know, get back up there. There are, I'm so excited, including Watkins Glen, that happened since we podcasted last, they're going to Watkins Glen instead of Boston. I'm so excited. Watkins Glen is in like, New York. Like, it's on Labor Day weekend. weekend. Like, so the first I don't know weekend in September. Uh, I'm going to qualify that. Don't worry. I literally, uh, yeah, okay, so, the best part yo, about you this is, try as you down. said, you, you should try and calm down. I was typing maps into Google Maps <laughs> to be like, how far away is Where Watkins, is Watkins Glen? Glen? It's in New York. It's like, it's like maybe three hours from Toronto. It's not that far. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like kind of close like, to Rochester. Watkins Glen. Rochester. Right. Like near Buffalo. Yeah, you talk about that. All right, you Google I that and I'm going to talk about the Glen GP of I used to work with the Salem's uh, company that hosts the Salem's Six Hour there. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, anyway, so Simon won this race. Simon Pagano won this car. race in his car that is the color of a yellow highlighter. It's beautiful. I really, like, I don't Four even... Hours away. I love it, too. Yes, I'll see I, you I in September. Even, it's beautiful. Um, it's, can we camp? Dude, let's do it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Dude, we're camping. Are you kidding me? We're going to camp at the Glen. It's going to be the best thing ever. I'll bring I my will and, bring my, and my yoga mats. A f- Australian flag. I'll be like, I'm really proud to be Australian, but I'm yeah, still we gotta put that on our table. We'll do it. You should make a Full flag power. for the power. I could, I could like sew a Canadian flag to it and be like, <laughs> I love everyone. Speaking of full power, um, you know who pulled a really amazing move on him this year? This Alex uh, Rossi. You can guess. And and you know right. what, do you know what gave it away? It wasn't even the tone of your voice. It's the fact that you wrote You're it. Damn right, did. Oh my god, Rossi on willpower. Oh my god. Listen, all right, so they're they're kind of, they're going, he goes to try to, like, pass him, and he, you know, he made such an aggressive move that Willpower checked himself and ended up spinning out onto the grass, like, he fucked up. It was beautiful. I just, I I screamed out loud when it happened, and I just, uh, I can't. I, I wish I were more coherent about this, but I was just so excited. So excited. Um, Connor Daly led some laps. Which again was wonderful. It's, I can't believe how well he's been doing. He's 13th in the standings right now. Um, like freaking great. Good job, son. Like that's amazing. Um, other stuff that happened in this race. Hinge podiums. Really he's donating his entire prize money to like... Fort McMurray in Canada, which is how I had. I don't know if you've, if you've heard about this. Yep. 
Yo, I know. If you haven't heard about this, Fort McMurray basically burned to the ground. Um, There have been some awful fires in Alberta. Like, that's... Yeah, it's really shitty. Um, Apparently, his team owner and his team are matching his donation, which is really amazing. Like, good job, guys. That's really freaking great. Um, Yeah. That was was the race. It was great. I have watched it twice already. Uh, I may watch it again. But we'll, yeah, we'll do it. The uh, so coming up, we got the 500. Yo, it's in two weeks. It's in two weeks. Sir, sir, last year, I was qualifying so is this confused. weekend. They get points for qualifying. Like, it's such a big deal. It's on a different so weekend. Like, I watched the qualifying, I think, on, like, the Saturday, and then I was like, or whatever. I was like, <laughs> well, the qualifying, I thought it was a Saturday, and then it was on the Sunday, and I was yeah. like, but when is the race? And they were like, oh, next weekend. What the shit? This is like... I always get so confused because some of the IndyCar races are on Saturdays. So, like, qualifying for the GP of Indy was Friday at, like, 3 while I was at work. And, yeah, it was it was a lot. I was trying not to yell at my desk. It's wonderful because, um, you know, God forbid F1. I was like, that's me, like me watching the Giro de because I'm what? at the moment. I'm like, yes, sprint. And it's, like, 9.30 and the rest of my office was like, what the oh, shit yeah. are you watching? event is on at 10 a.m. in the morning. I was like, it's the two. What are you, what the hell are you doing? They were like, the Tour de France isn't on already. And I'm like, (laughs) welcome to living in America. There's other bike races than the Tour de France. It's not the Tour de France, son. Yeah, for real. Um, But one of the wonderful things IndyCar does that, you know, as I was going to say, God forbid F1 ever do this. They actually stream everything except the race. All the free practices, qualifying, you know, every practice for the Indy 500, and there are like 18 of them, um, they're all streamed live on their website for free. Uh, so I've basically, for the last few days, just had IndyCar streaming in my ears at work while I do work, and it is the most relaxing sound in the world to just cars go by. No, no, no. Well, yeah. Yeah, I did other stuff today. Um, but it's really, it's wonderful to just be able to hear okay. that. And like, I want to the make, announcer guy, I want to make his voice is so soothing. Like, just everything about it is wonderful. When I lived I in Australia it. before high-speed internet came to Australia and things were streamed and all of that, for me to get to watch hockey games, people would have to take them on VHS and post those VHSs to Australia. So I had a collection of maybe 10 or 15 VHS tapes that people had sent me. And my absolute favorite one of them is the gold medal game of the 2014 World Junior Championships featuring Canada versus Russia. And Canada, it has like Patrice Bergeron, Sidney Crosby, Corey Perry on one line. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, like, I thought I said 2004. It, it's actually 2005 because it's the lockout year. So it's the 2005, uh, 2005 World Juniors. And... I have watched that tape so many times that it has no color anymore. I don't think I even own the tape anymore. It's somewhere. But I used to, whenever I couldn't sleep, that's what I would put on. I would put the tape on and, like, lay there and without a doubt, like, the soothing sounds of someone else and Pierre Maguire lull me to sleep. It's so nice, Before I realized, like, Pierre Maguire. So the Indy 500 qualifying is this weekend. The race is a weekend after that. <clears throat> Anything else we need to know for the lead up to the Indy 500, Sarah Connors? Uh, that's about it for Indy. Practice was today. The first practice for the 500, obviously. Pippa was out there doing great. Um, all the end ready cars were super fast and no one's really sure why. Because uh, they have not been performing well this season. But suddenly now they're great. I think probably everyone else was sandbagging. I'm going to keep telling myself that until they actually prove that they're this good. Because I don't believe it. I've, I've been burned too many times at this point. Like, I can't I can't do it. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to, to watch these practices this week and get qualifying underway and then actually get my butt out there. It's going to be fucking great. Fucking I'm right, so excited. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even handle it. Uh, all right. But- yeah, that's that's it. I'm just going to yell about this until okay, you make me stop, Sarah, so it's fine. Let's talk, okay. F1, let's do the thing. So, F1 went to Spain this weekend, <laughs> and what was shaping up to be one of the world's 
One of the world's most boring and races. Stuff happened. No one can overtake anyone on that track. And to be honest, we didn't really see anyone overtake anyone on that track. But Mercedes and Red Bull gave us enough exciting shit that no one remembers that the rest of the race was boring as fuck. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that uh oh my god, that first first three corners by Mercedes just like Again, with a race that, like, I have to get up at butts o'clock for, and it immediately wakes okay, me up. So like, thanks, I guys. Thanks for doing that. Because I was at a ball hockey tournament, and at the time the race started, I was asleep in the backseat of a car. I got woken up by, like, five individual people, including my brother in Australia, you, one of my girlfriends, messaging me and just being like, oh, my God. But none of you told me. None of you told me what was happening. It finally All you happened. said was, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I was like, what <laughs> the shit has happened? And then my brother texted me a video of the TV, like the replay. of, And I was just sitting in the car. And I'm in the back of this car. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh, my <laughs> God, did that, and then someone who was in the car with me looks like I'm still laying on the back seat of this car with a blanket and this minivan. And the person sitting in front of me sticks their head around the seat and goes, you like cars, don't you? It's like, yes. She goes, someone's just tweeted, oh, my God, Rosberg. Oh, my God, Hamilton. What happened? And I'm like, just... Okay, let's talk about this. Firstly, this, this got off to Holy a flyer. Hamilton is talking into, and here is our marker, like 46 minutes into the podcast, Hamilton oh, yeah. is basically becoming an Australian with how he starts races. Because we all, there it is. Hey, by the way, last podcast, we went there the whole is. podcast without a mention. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just saying. Mark Webber, shit in starting races. Lewis Hamilton had been really good this season. Shit at starting races. Yeah. They changed the rules, like, really late last season, and he hasn't been good since then. And everyone everyone said that Rosberg was going to start fucking up, and he didn't. It has taken out a little an element of automation from the starting. And from what we have seen so far is, well, that maybe doesn't suit Lewis Hamilton's skill set. <laughs> Sucks to suck with your back-to-back world championship. Sucks to suck. Anyway, so yeah, Rosberg got him in the first corner, went around the inside. It was yeah, well, sucks. I don't know, whatever. Oh, it was so um, good. Rosberg got him around the outside, which was beautiful. Looked like he was pulling away, but he was in the wrong engine mode. Went to defend his position. I guess he was. You know, I think what the FIA said was that. He was in a weird mode on his engine, so he was going slower than Lewis was expecting him to when Lewis went to, you know, take the position, and it just it's all been, went to shit. Like, and honestly, that's what it looked like. The FIA it was just, like, you know, no one's no at one fault. Was at fault. And the team has been like, no one's at fault. And then Nicky Lauder was like, Lewis looked us in the eye and took responsibility. And I'm like, y'all need to work on your messaging. <laughs> I don't believe that. Uh, yeah. Nikki well, Nikki's always gonna say whatever the fuck he wants. Nikki Lyle so you can't really, you gotta like control like, your elderly fans. Like, Nikki Lauder, you will never die wondering what Nikki Lauder thinks on something. No, you're right. And you know, honestly, um, I speaking as someone who is side. not entirely neutral on this situation, um, you know, Lauder. Nico made. It's kind of nice grumpy grandpa over there. Like, it's fine. Um, I'm really, yeah, yeah, I'm glad that he's actually you know, not taking sides and saying what he thinks about the actual incident. It's it's really, um, it's good. It feels nice. Well, Everything just, is wonderful. I just fucking laughed. I was like, and, and, and. That's my thoughts uh, on it. My friend is uh, Let's talk about Max now. It's, just, just, it's like, look, let's look at the positives on this. Lewis can't get any more points either. Like, like if if Lewis had taken out Nico and been fine, we would be having oh, the Spanish no, no, no. Inquisition so, right now. 
Sorry, I was just like, oh, Spanish Inquisition. What if I can make a podcast? Oh, of course you would. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I can make maybe. some Monty Python Wait, jokes. We were in Spanish. No one expects the Spanish Verstappen. I don't know, whatever. That doesn't work. The Dutch Inquisition. I wasn't even an Inquisition, but look. As we started off the top, uh, Max Verstappen is the first yes. Dutch person to ever win a Formula One race, uh, beating out, I think, the previous best da- Dutch person, his dad. Um, he is the youngest person to ever won a Grand Prix race, and he won his first Grand Prix race. And dad. it was a great look. Look, as someone said during the end of the race, Max Verstappen won that race because Max Verstappen. What the hell? Yes, it helped that Mercedes wiped himself out because if Mercedes hadn't, he wouldn't have won. But Max Verstappen drove an incredibly good race. It was everything he, everything he did was right. He like he drove a brilliant race. And as someone said during it, they said oh, yeah. he drives with the maturity of someone way older and way more experienced than he has because they do not know where he, what reserves he pulled apart on. To, to race like he did because it's definitely not experience <laughs> yeah for sure i mean huh, you know kind of on the happy side of this and you know the fan side did you see there was uh, oh, no, i think badger gp it posted up. it it's just a montage you know of like dutch people being happy about max verstappen oh my god it was so good. there was apparently like there was like a fifty thousand person concert where they showed uh, like a montage of him winning, and the whole crowd just goes nuts. Um, his hometown, they were all at a bar. Yeah, uh, yeah his mom was tweeting, and yeah. like it was really, really cute. Like, just I'm so happy for him and for, for the Netherlands. I have a Dutch friend that like tweets about Max all the time. He's he's actually a Blues fan that I met through Blues I, stuff. The, uh, who is the Max all fired up about it? Like some of the things I good see. for I the Netherlands. Like, like I'm happy more. for you guys. Most of my problems with Max Verstappen link to the fact that Josh Verstappen weirds me the hell out, and it did touch me how like visibly emotional he was about his son's win. But then he was yeah, like, Max has won. He's made it to Red Bull. I'm going to step back now. And I was like, Oh, so your kid is a project? Like it just. It just unsettled me. I was like, and you know that. You know that's completely the way he's thought about it and the way they've gone all about that. This is, you know, like he's stage managed Max and he's like, now I'm going to, you know, let him spread his wings. And I'm like, well, good, because the kid probably could use some space. Right. So, look, I'm excited for Dutch people and I'm excited for new race winners and all that kind of stuff because, I mean, this story is ridiculous. We're talking about an 18-year-old kid. If this was the USA, he wouldn't even be allowed to legally drink the champagne on the podium. Like, and, and for like with, three more with, years, dude. For like I think it was a video years. last week where they asked him how old Sebastian Vettel was when he won his first race, and and Max literally goes, he goes, "Oh, well, I hope I can beat that." Yeah, you do next week. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes, I did. That's um, what made me think. Did of you that. see Circuit of the Americas? Their wonderful Twitter tweeted that Max will be drinking Capri Suns I on the podium, know what Capri which Suns is are. wonderful. <laughs> I love Capri Suns. You're like little. It's like a little squeezy juice pack. It's not a juice box. It's like a juice pouch. It's wonderful. We used uh, to have them at recess. Look, it was great. Max won. Um, Raikkonen and Vettel came second and third. We saw Kimi Raikkonen both smile. And laugh in the press conference afterwards. It was so oh, funny though because that was, that was very was sitting on either sides of Max Verstappen, and they looked like proud parents. They were like, they were like so gung ho excited for him. And there's this photo on the podium of like Sebastian Vettel like looking at Max Verstappen <laughs> with just the biggest smile, and Max is like legit, like like clearly has been nearly crying. Um, he looks like a puffy little red frog. Adorable, but frog-like. Um, and it's just, it's just, I love the fact that they pointed out that Kimmy found it most terrifying, not that Max had won, but that he had actually raced against Max's dad. And then oh, you know what yeah, else yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was, that was pretty ridiculous. All of the photos I mean, it's true, of the drivers with Max as a kid. What? I was just going to say that. Oh my God, the picture of Jensen. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like these made the rounds last year when Max came in. But like every goddamn time, 
he's such a baby. Like I saw a video today. I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but um, it was from like 2009 and he's this like wee little thing in carting. And how was that so long? Time is a flat circle. We're, we're just marching towards the, the heat they, of the they universe. Asked him and in the I press am... conference, you know, what were you doing when, um, when, uh, Kimmy and Sebastian won the first races? Well, he's like, well, in 2008, I was in karting. And, and he's like, and in 2003, he's like, I was six. So probably having fun on the playground. <laughs> and Kimmy's like, I'm so old. You can just see Kimmy yes. Raikkonen being like, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> I find it kind of, look, I find it kind of fitting though. Well, good, that retire so someone else You have Max Verstappen setting the record next to the guy who he's just taken the record from and the guy who's the oldest guy in the, in the thing. I think Raikkonen's the oldest at the moment. Isn't he? Raikkonen or Massa. Anyway, old enough to have raced with um, his dad. Like, that's that's a pretty neat kind of podium for this kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I and was also like, no Mercedes. <laughs> I was filling out my charts, which I always well, fill out after okay the races. And it's like, um, I was writing in, like, where the teams came different races and things like that and it's basically just been like so far this season like the top two rows which are nico and lewis have just been like them all the way down and then now there's just like none of them none of them and then there's this huge gap and it's like max was yes Kimmy recon sorry Kimmy um, Reichen, you know what you can use oldest. instead of those charts 36 now. felipe massa is 35 gotcha we need to talk about these charts um, you can that use you these made charts a they're fucking amazing b you are the best nerd I know. And see, I, I'm half tempted just to email them to every member of the F1 media and be like, if you need them, here. <laughs> They're great. Okay. Yeah. Let, let me make some more of them before you share them with everybody because oh, okay, like, no, 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 that was second. just me messing around. I was around. just messing like, around. Sarah, I got, I got more. Today, I got more. you made an interactive time. You, you made interactive lap charts for every race of the last 20 Formula One seasons. And this shows every position of every driver on every lap. And if they leave the race, why they left the race. So your messing around is slightly a misnomer. I mean, that's what I'm saying is that there's better things coming. And uh, I should have have another one tomorrow. I'm going to try to do four or five in the next couple weeks. Um, the next one I'm going to do is looking at um, I don't have time. championship race winner and average driver age. I don't have time, but I can, if I'm pretending like I'm doing actual work, I can just call it practicing in Tableau. So, Sarah Connors, we've been yakking for nearly an hour. We Do we have any Ask TGG questions this week? I don't think we do. No. I'm going to go look. No. One second. Because none of us remembered to ask for t- ask TGG questions. No. Because we've been a bit busy. We know we have one. We have two. Okay. Sarah, we have two? We have ask two. Ask TGG questions, and then we are going to let... Then we are going to talk to Pippa Man. <laughs> oh, no. Rory, you're terrible. Uh, our friend of the podcast, Rory, has asked... Uh, or RJ, rather. Um, has asked, how do you treat yourself after a miserable weekend? Just asking for a friend. From Dan and from, Ufa. From Dan. <laughs> Firstly, is Dan actually some... from Ufa? No, I but know it's that, in but I just thought of the uh, when they had the the world hockey in Ufa, and they had the guy that played the the Ufa, you know, the Ufa Wizard Twitter account. Yeah, no, he's That's from Ufa. Ufa. <gasps> what if he's the Ufa Wizard? <gasps> Sasky, I thought Dan would be living in like Italy for like the last ten years, anyway. Yeah, you know. Poor Kim yet. You know, I feel bad for him. I hope he goes to another series where he will be appreciated more. We could jo- I was like I was like Daniel Fiat joining the the long list of to quote mean girls, people that have been personally victimized by Red Bull. I mean, yeah. Raise your yeah. hand if you've been he personally victimized by Red Bull. There's a few of them. There's at least Jeff and Yeah. yeah. Already- Jeff and Fiat. I feel like we've already no, called we didn't a podcast call it that. that. That was like my subtitle. Question two. Question two comes from comes from Andrew. Uh, if you had the choice of only one, would you go to the Indy Five Hundred, Monaco, or the Twenty Four Hours okay, of Le Mans? Is this the? Will I get to go? Keep to- in mind everything. Like, okay, I have an answer. 
You can answer after me if you want. Uh, I would go to the 24 Hours of the Mons because Monaco is a fucking parade and I don't have that much money. Uh, the Indy 500 is here and I'm, you know, aside from the 100th running this year, like, it's a race. It's a big deal. It's cool, but it's here. Um, Le Mans is like, <clears throat> it means that you'd have to prepare yourself for 24 hours of ridiculousness in France. It's a lot. It's so much. And I just, if I really want to experience it. someone else is paying for it, I'm picking Monaco. Because I can afford to go to Le Mans and sleep in a tent. And I would want to sleep in a tent if I was yes. going to Le Mans. And, and... But do you really want to watch a parade? Like, do you want to watch good racing or do you want to go party? Well, here's the thing, though. If I'm not paying for it, I'm picking Monaco because the experience right. would because the experience right. that you would get if someone else is paying for it would be better than what I could afford, right? Like, but well, yeah, but if you, you know, told me I, I still only got to that ever that go to Monaco. one of them, if I had to choose between the three of them, and that was the only one I could ever go to in my life. I would probably pick Le Mans. Mm-hmm. Would definitely pick Le Mans. But if yes, you're telling, if you're telling, yeah, if you're telling me, you win a competition, you get to go to one of these three. I'd pick Monaco because I couldn't really afford to do Monaco in the way I would like to do Monaco. So I would love to go for the insanity and the spectacle of all of that just kind of ridiculousness. If someone else is footing the bill for my champagne. I could, like, stand around and drink champagne and watch shitty racing with beautiful people for a couple of days on a, in a tiny print run. See, I would just, I would just feel way yeah, too overwhelmed yeah, to, like, no, I'm that's really not my good at faking at it. <laughs> wow, that <laughs> sentence is going to get awkwardly replayed for a lot of things. Anyway, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk to Pippa Man, Sarah Connors. So we're here today with IndyCar driver Pippa Man. Um, this is pretty fantastic. So uh, thanks for coming on the show today. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so let's get started. Um, really kind of going back to the beginning here, how did you get into racing um, as a kid? So I actually grew up a race fan. My dad was a race fan. And so I grew up going to races with him as a young girl. Um, just absolutely loved racing. When I was 11 years old, we moved house, new house, new friends. One of the new friends went to an indoor go-kart track, and that was the beginning of the end. Like, Dad, can we go to the go-kart track? <laughs> um, so oh, so awesome. that's how it started. Nice, nice. Did you have a favorite driver growing up? or? Uh, actually, I did. I grew up in the era of watching Nigel Mansell race in the Red Five. I didn't have any female race car drivers to look up to, but Nigel Mansell was the, you know, the big British driver at the time in Formula One. Right, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it kind of does, you know, suck a little bit that at this point, women don't really or never really had a whole lot of, you know, role models in the top levels. Um, well, we're trying been, to change that, right? Right. I was going to say we've. Um, it's been really great that you've been so outspoken about kind of getting women into the top levels here. Um, in your opinion, you know, Bernie Ecclestone has said the whole thing about the all women championship, which is kind of a lot of garbage. Um, what do you think needs to happen? to get women into the top-level series, and not even just the top-level series, but even the direct feeder series, like Indy Lights and GP2. So one of the interesting things about that whole statement by Bernie Ecclestone is somebody was actually out there earlier this year trying to make that happen. Myself, Tatiana Calderon, some of my other friends who are female drivers got emails inviting, quote-unquote, us to join said series. Um, needless to say, the responses they got from us were not necessarily favorable. <laughs> and my response was actually published in Autosport, which is one of the big British magazines. Um, not even their online version, actually their publications version that has a huge circulation in the UK. Yeah, because we talked about that thing. on one of our earlier episodes, actually. Yeah. Um, we both so, have seen So here's that. the thing. If someone genuinely has this much money to be putting behind female drivers and trying to get female drivers to the top levels of the sport, that is absolutely fantastic, and I applaud them. But there are female drivers already out there who really need the funding. There are race-winning female drivers who are dropping out of racing at all levels because they don't have the sponsorship to continue racing. So if you really want to see more female drivers with more opportunities and make it to the top, it's not about putting the funding behind some series that would sort of be a second-tier B-series and segregate us. It's about funding those female drivers who are out there 
who have run up front, who have been in the top 10 in major championships, who have been on podiums, who are race-winning drivers, and helping them stay in racing cars. That's the key to it. Right. Is there um, is there a specific level at which women tend to drop out, or is it just kind of all across the board? It's actually very similar to with male drivers. It's all across the board, and it is funding dependent. And that's the big thing is, as a female driver, I make this statement that, you know, I, I want to see more companies getting behind us and helping us, but that's because it's something that, you know, I, I am directly affected by. You, you speak to any number of male drivers, and they would tell you the exact same thing. But they want to see more companies getting involved in sponsoring motorsports full stop. As a female driver, it just feels like we struggle more to make that final step and make it happen to us, I think, because there are fewer of us to start with. So when we do win races and we do run up front and we do finish top five in championships and then we have to drop out of racing full time, to me, because I'm looking at that, I really notice it. Right. That makes sense. Um so another thing that we do here on the podcast related to this is uh, we try to promote some of the upcoming female racers from around the world. Um, two of the, okay, the ones cool. That, it's really, yeah, we have a whole segment on the show dedicated to that. Um, specifically, we're kind of huge fans of Tatiana Calderon. Um, yeah, she's awesome. So I actually used to uh, train with Tatiana here in Indianapolis. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, when she lived here and when she was racing in Pro Mazda. So I, I know her a little bit. We still stay in touch via the Internet and via Twitter. And she's doing great things over in Europe right now. She really is. Yeah, it was great to see her race in GP3 this weekend. Um, we actually, both of us got up pretty early to watch that race, uh, both of them. Um, <laughs> so we also keep tabs on Ayla Agron, who's in, um, I think, USF 2000 right now. Uh, are there any other upcoming races that, you know, you know of that we could promote even more or I mean, you know, there are always female racers racing throughout the world, but there are also just as many who drop out of racing because they don't have the funding. And mm-hmm. so it's not just the people whom you've heard about and who you hear about on a regular basis. It's also the people whom you should be hearing about if they have the opportunity to keep racing. And Isla sure. is certainly somebody with a huge amount of talent who, you know, I would love to see have the opportunity to continue racing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, you know, I actually had a chance to speak with her at, uh, at St. Petersburg and she, you know, she was great to, to talk to and kind of watch race and everything. So yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, in terms of your race package for India, it was really great to see that come together in the last few weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. can you actually tell us a little bit about kind of how that came together and, um, a little bit more about the get involved campaign as well? So one of the big things about this racing program that people don't really realize is that everybody looks at the racing car and assumes that we have this major nonprofit giving us money to put their name on the side of a racing car. And that's really not the case at all. We actually use this racing car to go out there and raise money for Susan G. Carmen around the Indianapolis 500. At the 100th running, we are actually attempting to raise $100,000 at the 100th running. I'm going to tell you right now um, that that's really, really tough. I, I don't know if we'll get there or not, but the cool thing is, is even if we raise $70,000 or $80,000 or $90,000, we've still raised a huge amount of money to go out there and do something exceptionally cool. And we're not asking people to donate out of the goodness of their heart. We actually run this as a crowdfunding campaign. So people can follow me on social media. I'm at Pipperman on Twitter. I'm at Pipperman on Instagram. And Pippa Man on Facebook. And, you know, the link, quite frankly, is never more than like one or two posts away. If you mm-hmm. actually spend any time on my social media at all, you will know that. And that link takes you directly to the campaign where we start out at 20 bucks and 20 bucks gets you what's called our supporter pack. And that comes with a limited edition helmet pin, a Susan G. Carmen wristband, a stylus flashlight pen from Brevagen Plus, one of my sponsors a signed autograph card, a one-year membership to travel for the cause, one of my other partners, and a discount code for my store. And then you start adding to that. And at $30, you can add a water bottle to all that. At $40, you can add a campaign poster to that. At $50, we have signed caps added to that. We have what's called a youth supporter pack, where they can get a poster, a 164 die-cast car, and uh, basically a round decal. Um, People who live in Indianapolis, they can come race me in a go-kart 
after dismay at fast times. They can get a power pack to keep their phone charged up on race day. And then one of the most special things we do, and this actually closes down on Sunday of next weekend after qualifying. Everything else closes at midnight after the race. But we're turning the cockpit of my race car pink for the second year running. And we're doing that with the names of survivors, fighters, people who have fought cancer, thrivers, people who are living with cancer, and to the honor, the memory of loved ones. Um, that costs $100 to do that. And then we send people an email to ask them the name they want to put in the cockpit. We print them after qualifying. And those names go in the car on carb day, ready for race day. So then all of those people get to race in the Indy 500 with me in the inside of the cockpit of the racing car. So it turns this light pink hue. And if you click to the campaign, that's an image that people have been seeing again and again and again that we've been sharing. Oh, that's incredible. Um, I personally went for the water bottle. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, thank yeah. you for taking part. That's that's it's a fantastic campaign. Is there um is there a particular reason you got involved with Susan G. Komen in particular or when I was younger, the first female driver whom I'd ever heard of doing you know, having any kind of success in any kind of open wheel car, any kind of high level was Sarah Fisher. And I started following Sarah's career and indie car racing when I was about eighteen years old. When I moved to the States in 2009, at the final race of the year at Homestead Miami Speedway, I heard of Susan G. Komen for the first time. How did I hear of them? Because Sarah had partnered up with them to turn her car pink in support of their program, and one of her sponsors had stepped up to donate money as part of this program to raise awareness and money. And I just thought that was something, you know, pretty cool to do. My aunt, my dad's sister, actually passed away from breast cancer, and my grandma did when I was really sort of before I was born, too. So it's something we've always been aware of in my family, but this was the first time I'd really seen something done at this level of this size. That continued on for a few more years with Sarah as an owner, but then this whole thing sort of died out of IndyCar a little bit. And... You know, you sort of have the conversation with somebody if, you know, well, someone should try and bring this back and do something. And that someone ended up being me. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we're actually, we're huge fans of Sarah Fisher over here, too. Um, I was really sad to see her, you know, not get to keep running that team this year. But, you know. It's, it's... Yeah, Sarah always finds it embarrassing when we're in the same place because I tend to fangirl, which is very <laughs> embarrassing for both of us. But I, I just can't get over it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would be in the same boat. That's it's just incredible what she's been able to do. Um, so yeah, same. <laughs> uh, so for the rest of the, the month of May, I mean, we're kind of halfway through at this point. What does the rest of the month look for? It look like for you ahead of the race. Oh well, I actually get to get in a race car for the first time since <laughs> on Monday, which I am really, really happy about. So I get to get back into a race car tomorrow and get back out on the racetrack, and then we, we start the real work. So the campaign to raise funding kind of continues on, but the work to actually be in a race car and getting to be a racing driver, uh, you know, that that really, really then starts. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, we're actually, I'm attending the Indy 500, so we're super excited to be out there and kind of see, see what the whole atmosphere is like. Um, all the pictures and videos and everything we've seen looks just incredible, so... Yeah, awesome. the the 100th running this year is going to be incredibly special, and all of the grandstand seating is actually sold out for the race. So that that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's incredible for such a huge place too. That's just that's unbelievable. Um, so okay, one more question: If you could give any piece of advice to a young woman trying to get into motorsport, what would it be? You've got to really know that this is really what you want to do because. There's going to be a lot of naysayers and a lot of criticism along the way. You've got to be really determined and, you know, you can't give up when you have hurdles that you're trying to compete against. You, you've got to be prepared for all that stuff to happen and just keep coming back for more and be determined to go after it. But that's the big thing, that level of determination you've just got to have. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, this has been really great and good luck in the race. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
So a massive thank you to IndyCar driver Pippin for joining us on the podcast. Uh, obviously, keep an eye out for her as the sole female runner in the Indy 500 this year. Uh, we are psyched for it. We are psyched for her. Um, if you do want to actively support women in motorsports, Pippa is fundraising for the Indy 500 and for Susan G. Komen, uh and that. So she has some great stuff on her uh, fundraising program at the moment. Uh, you can buy bits of the, Indi- the the bricks from Indy. There are some amazing prints from Doug Garrison, who is absolutely my favorite uh, motorsport artist going around at the moment. I definitely want to get one of those uh pink Pippa car prints for my wall this year. I think, Sarah, you want to get some – well, you've just been buying artwork for your walls at the moment, I hear. Yep. Yeah, I actually donated to Pippa's campaign already. Um, I went for the water I might have to go for one of those as well. I might end up picking up a few things because it's motorsports and it's pink, which is literally two of my favorite things Um, because I am that – hashtag I am that stereotype. Make it pink. I will buy it. Unless, of course, it's like you've made something pink that wasn't pink in the first place because then no, just don't. Resist the urge. Do not shrink in pink. Do not shrink in pink. Anyway, Sarah Connors, we need to wrap this shit show up because (laughs) it's like 10.15 and I want to go to sleep and you want to go to sleep and we start to get a little bit loopy around about these points. Um. Our next podcast is going to be in about two weeks. We're going to be talking Indy 500. We're going to be talking the parade that is the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, We will probably talk about GP2 because there was GP2 in Monaco and, unfortunately, no GP3. Um, Yeah. The Berlin Prix is coming up. Formula E comes back. Yeah, finally. and it looks to be a really interesting circuit it. in Berlin. It's different to where it was last year. It's, I believe, downtown. Um Moscow in Formula E mm-hmm. has been cancelled, I believe, in updated news. Moscow has been cancelled, which is yeah, unfortunate. Um, but, hey, that's what you get for being Russia, Russia. Um, yeah, as as RJ says in the corner, yep. yeah, hashtag thanks, Putin. Uh, speaking of Russia, Russia <laughs> lost Eurovision on the weekend to the Ukraine. So that was gets funnier as the days go by. I have slowly... Look, I have slowly recovered from the fact that we were robbed of that championship. But it's kind of funny because Australia would be the only country that considers itself robbed when we came second in a competition we shouldn't even be in. You're damn right you shouldn't. What the hell are you even doing there anyway? Like, that makes no sense. So much. Like, Perth. That's fine. Nor is Israel. Neither is Azerbaijan. European Grand Prix, like, get out of here. You don't even care. We do have a podcast titled Everything I Know About Azerbaijan I Learned from Eurovision. So this seems to be something we come back to every year. I really enjoyed Azerbaijan's song this year, despite it being sung by budget Kim Kardashian. Um, Who was your your favorite of the Eurovision this year, song-wise? My okay, so it's really difficult because I liked Sweden, but Sweden Live was garbage. Yeah. Like their actual song is really good, but it was not yeah. good. Like well, you could tell Sweden he was not trying won to it win. twice in the last four like, years. Uh, they can't they afford to win it again. Sides. I know. Um, I liked. I thought England was cute. I thought. I thought England was cute. Ireland was cute. Um, I got really angry when Max won the other day because I was very angry with the Netherlands, the Netherlands for sending a goddamn the country Netherlands song. Has, you are not the I've South. I've been watching Eurovision yeah. for like a decade. I've seen the Netherlands have sent country songs like three of the last five years. I know. I've watched it four times and three of those times yeah. they've sent a country song. I, it's infuriating. I really, it's infuriating. Yeah. Um, my favorite, th- I, I loved Russia. I thought that screen was mind blowing. I was like, "How the shit is this happening? How is this happening? Why is how is he standing on the what the shit am I watching?" I wasn't a big like the song is catchy, but it didn't make me like I loved this song. I loved Belgium's. It was totally disco. I loved that. But your vision isn't just about the song; it's about the stage presence. I know, I know that, and that's why I liked Rushes. Um, I loved, I loved. Belgium's I'm here for the pop music. Um I love Spain. Say yay the girl doing like the knee dancing in the in the silver sequence. I loved that song. Um I loved the sunlight song which I think is like was like islands maybe. Yeah. 
That song was really catchy. Was um, yeah, the I miracle like song by the girl from Azerbaijan, like Budget Kim K. Uh, the song was great. Um, I loved the Australian yeah. song. I just, I didn't like it at first. And then the more I listened to it, I was like, this is my jam. Yeah, Danny. But uh, I love Europe. This look, to be honest, I found this year's Eurovision disappointing compared to previous years. It wasn't ridiculous and camp enough. Needed to be more ridiculous and camp. What I am, what I am worried about is no how the main demographic of Eurovision is going to go in Kiev next year. It's going to be like when they went to Baku for this. Yeah, we'll see. They were like, oh, we don't have a problem as long as you're not like overtly homosexual while you're here. I'm like, have you watched Eurovision before? Yes. But, Sarah Connors, we are not a Eurovision it's, podcast. It's, we are a motorsports podcast. And we are going to wrap this no, shit up for another week, we, uh, for another round. This was Spain, the <clears throat> GP of Indianapolis. Max Verstappen won a race, and we are out of here. I am Saskia Stewart. She is... Sarah Connors, and I'll catch you guys after the Indy 500. Booyah. Woo!